Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. I mentioned at the start of the programme today that the World Health Organisation estimates there's about one in six couples worldwide that experience fertility difficulties. And it is Fertility Awareness Week, so we wanted to talk about the issues um, associated with that and whether or not there's a stigma. There's stigma around talking about um, fertility issues as well. Surika is with us on the line today. What's your experience, Surika, your story? Hi there. Yeah, um, so I actually work in a fertility clinic and spend a lot of my time around people who are going through um, this struggle. Um, you know, you, you see every day, every walks of life coming through the doors. And um, it sort of got me thinking about my own fertility as a young woman. Uh, I was 28 at the time and I decided to take a blood test that kind of can check your fertility levels. It gives you an indication anyway, just called checking your AMH um, and kind of a gut instinct told me that there wasn't, it wasn't going to be good and your gut is never wrong as they say and um, so mine was well below the range for a person of my age and um, total blow really you know you, you kind of go through every emotion in the book there and um, it's totally unexpected and it's not really something that you talk about you kind of you chat with your friends and you're like oh you know maybe in a few years when you meet the right person that kind of thing and um, but yeah, it was, it was a bit of a shock. So uh, I decided to do something about it if, if I could. You know, mm. I met with a doctor um, and kind of went through all my options. And, you know, he spoke to me as if I was his sister, which I totally appreciated and recommended doing an egg freezing cycle um, to try and preserve some eggs and that sort of thing, uh, which, you know, I ended up doing, which was an experience. It's a total roller coaster. You, you go through every everything when you're going through it. Why did you have the the gut feeling, Sirica, that you, you thought your AMH levels would be low? You know, I just sort of, I was kind of like, as I was going through work, and the first thing that I always look at um, with patients is you tend to lean towards looking at their date of birth. And I was seeing date of birth that were people that, that were younger than me. And um, they, you know, they were at a stage where they already knew that they had an issue. They had been trying. And, to naturally conceive and, and they were here for you know IVF and I just I, I had a feeling I can't really put my finger on it yeah, to be honest you just, I just yeah. had a feeling um, and I think you know it's not talked about enough of people in my age group you know it really really isn't fertility is just pushed to the back a little bit and um, since I've obviously told all my friends to go and get checked um, just from experience so for you, it was about the egg freezing cycle. It was the yeah. the assurance, basically, that there were options for you in the long term. That's what exactly. Like you know, there's no guarantees in life. We all we all do know that. But to be able to give myself an option in the future, that was to me a totally empowering experience. That's why you went down that route. Yeah. Exactly. Do you think we talk, like you mentioned that you, since that, you've started to chat to your own friends, your own friend group about it and uh, yeah, around, um, around fertility issues. Why don't we talk about it more here? Like, is it a, is it an, is that an Irish, is it a uniquely Irish thing not to talk about it or is there stigma? <laughs> potentially, potentially. Do you know, I do think there's, you know, a lot of privacy people keep with family planning. You know, it's, none of someone's business and you know all the the taboos around that sort of thing 
Um, and particularly, you know, for women, I find, you know, we talk about everything under the sun, but for some reason, fertility isn't one of those topics that I've come across that we, we speak about a lot. I think there's a bit of maybe uh, sort of like an sh- a shame associated with it. Like you feel like your body betrays you when it doesn't work the way it's meant to. Tell me a little bit, Surika, about going through the um, the egg freezing cycle, the, the actual process of that. Yeah, it's, you know, me totally naively before I even knew anything about fertility. I just thought you could go in on any random day and they'd be able to take some eggs out and that was you done. Unfortunately, that is not the case. There's a whole process to it. There's lots of blood, lots of ultrasounds, lots of medications. You know, it's it's quite overwhelming um, to begin with. But everyone um, is so kind throughout the entire process. Like they just, they, they kind of hold your hand. They give you step-by-step support. And um, so it sort of initially starts with your, you know, your blood test. You kind of get an idea of where you're at. You might do a first scan to see if there's, you know, follicles on your ovaries and that sort of thing. And then the doctor kind of comes up with a treatment plan that's for you that thinks that will give you the maximum amount of eggs that they can retrieve. Um, and it's about two weeks or so of stimulation medication. So that can be injections, that can be pills, that sort of thing. And while you're doing that, you're monitored extremely closely of how things are, you know, happening down there. Um, and then you eventually get to a point where everything is ready to go and you have a procedure um, to retrieve the eggs and then they are frozen down in the lab by the embryologist. Yeah. Um, but of course, it's never as straightforward. <laughs> There's always roller coaster, blood mightn't behave. You mightn't respond the way doctors anticipate. Everyone's body is so different. One might work for one person and might not work for another. And there's still a lot of unknowns in it, I suppose. Mm. Um, Lunchtime Live at Newstalk.com is the email address if you want to share your story with us. There's a few emails in that I do want to try and get to some of them as well. Nicola's joining us too, Sirica. Nicola's also on the line. What's your story around um, fertility issues, Nicola? Um, yeah, um, mine would be probably much the same. You know, um, I had a feeling there was something, you know, a couple of years ago when I, you know, myself and my partner were talking about kids and, you know, thinking about it. Um, and I suffer from PCOS as well, so it's hard to track when I was ovulating. Um, so we w- went to the GP to get bloods done. Um, and then from there, really, it was like, oh, nothing to be too concerned about, but, you know, um, you know, if there is something that you think about trying, you know, they recommend us go to, to a fertility specialist. And we did straight away just to see, you know, um, what would come out, um, you know, what what was ahead of us really. So um, we went straight to, um, to a fertility specialist and then we both got tests um, done. And then unfortunately it came back that we both had problems on each side. So IVF was our, was our only um, option. Um, and again, probably like Circa, I went in a bit naive thinking, oh, you know, this is pretty straightforward. Um, I didn't know the length of the process it will take and the different medications and injections um, because I'll be starting off with the egg freeze. And so, um, yeah, I, I think it was just a lot to take in at the time back then. Um, I didn't know. I just had a feeling there was something up. I didn't know because I didn't have regular periods. And I was like, oh, if I do, mm. do want to have kids, probably sooner rather than later we better get tested so we're just so glad I did when we did because it, it, it took us some time um, before I felt pregnant so it was it was a success though 
Yes, yes, I've, I've yeah. two kids now. <laughs> yes, it was. It, um, after a couple of years, um, I had three pregnancies. Um, unfortunately, one resulted in a miscarriage, but um, I've uh, a daughter and a three-year-old son now. So um, it does work <laughs> yeah. after many tries. And I think like what Circus said, like every round I did was different. My body responded different, different dosages. And the, obviously the consultants learned, you know, from every cycle, every one of how different bodies respond to different things and what's the best best way and outcome is for each patient. So, um, yeah, so it, it, obviously we got the result in the end, which was great. Do you think there's stigma around chatting about fertility issues, Nicola? Oh, 100%. I think, you know, pre-COVID when we went into the reception area and there's couples there and, you know, and single people as well going through the process, no one, you know, it's like people have their head down and afraid to talk about it. And we didn't know anyone going through it. Only me, you know, telling close friends, they had a friend of a friend that might have done it. And I think even a couple of years on now, it's coming to come out a little bit more, I think. But I don't know. I, I think... People are embarrassed to talk about it. I know we were at the start, but, you know, even the lingo that's used in fertility and, and different things, we were Googling everything and trying to look on forms, or, you know, forums and it's just, yeah, people just don't want to talk about it or, or they just feel embarrassed, I think. Um, I know we certainly did at the start. We um, didn't really tell anyone that we were going through it. Um, but now it's, yeah, we're mm. quite open about it and want to help anyone else that's gone through the same the same journey as well. Well, that's the thing. And by all accounts, I mean, we all know somebody, you know, more probably often than not, it's more than one person that's experiencing um, fertility difficulties. But when we hear the World Health Organization figures and their estimates today that it's about one in six couples worldwide. Um, Graeme Cool yeah. is the scientific director for Sims IVF. Graeme is with us on the line. Graeme, why is there so much stigma around talking about infertility? I think either. Um, I think it's just um, it's a very private, personal matter, and I, I think the this I don't know the stigma, but I think people are just reserved about speaking about these things. Um, I think what happens is people also don't realise how many people are going through the same thing as they are, um, and as as you mentioned, the one in six couples suffering suffer infertility issues, um, and as people enter into the, the treatment and, and they, they realise there's other people who are experiencing the same thing as them, they do become a bit more open about it um, and they are they, they do start talking about it more with their friends um, but I still think it's just it's just one of these things which um, it's, it's very private um, to begin with and you know people are embarrassed and people also they, they feel they're, they're, they're letting themselves down they're, they're, they're letting their partner down and they, they, it's just one of these things that they, they keep together between themselves. I know for a lot of people, Graeme, it's nearly the, you know, and this sounds so ridiculous to say this, and I don't know if, if Surika and Nicola, you know, felt this way at all, but nearly sometimes the deterrent about going um, to talk about AMH levels or get blood tests done or, or you know, any discussion around egg freezing is that there's, there's the fear of it not being a success and having actually and, to I mean, deal that, with that, that news, which I know yeah, sounds so ridiculous, I mean, that, but... Yep, yep, I'd agree. And I mean, look, the, the, the thing that we're trying to do with um, you know, our, our one in six campaign here in Sims is just, just to raise awareness, let people know that, that, that um, you know, 
having the information, being informed, uh, lets you make decisions about your future fertility. You may decide not to do anything. You may just decide, and, and hopefully, you know, if you do some testing, things are all, it's, it's fine. And for the vast majority of people, that would be the case. Um, but for those where the, the, the test results come back and there's a, 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 you know, for the males, perhaps an issue with the semen, the sperm, um, with for the females, there's a, a problem with the, the, the AMH or, or, or ovulation. Um, at least then there's something you can do about it. You can be forewarned as forearmed. Um, so it, it's better to get, have that information and, and find out earlier and as soon as possible um, because then you can do something about it. And it's it's far better to freeze your eggs if, if that's a, a, a solution for you um, when you, as, as soon as possible, as, as young as, as you can be. Um, egg quality decreases with female age. So um, it's better to get those eggs frozen uh, earlier um, in, in your, your 20s or early 30s than in your late 30s or, or 40s um, because you know they're going to be give you a far better chance of that success that you are looking for. But unfortunately, there aren't any guarantees. Um, we, we wish in working in fertility that, that there were and uh, that we could give absolutes, um, but unfortunately, there aren't. So look, you know, it, it is something that it's a, it's a you know we do our best, um, but some people it, it just um, that there are going to be issues, um, and we'll do our best to help them, but. but doesn't work for everybody, I'm afraid. Mm. Sarika, haven't gone through the process now. Do you like? Is it something you and chat to your own friend group about, or, or encourage them to to look at? Yeah, for sure. Like as uh, Graham was saying, there, you know, the whole point of the one in six campaign is for you know educational purposes and to get people talking. And for me, that was a huge part of why I wanted to share my story was because I felt you know at 28, this wasn't discussed amongst 28 year olds and you know maybe we we are the kind of area that we we could be doing something about it we're the right age to be doing something about it as to give ourselves an option or a a chance at success and so I I think it is something that you know the younger the the better you know the more knowledge you have the more power you have and yeah. What about you Nicola is it a is it a frequent topic of conversation among your own group? Um, I think now, yeah, I mean, definitely in the last couple of years, I've been very open to my friends. I think they were very interested, you know, and, you know, talking to them about what was involved and, you know, they've then come back since in the couple, last couple of years of reached out. Do you mind if I give them your number? I was like, absolutely not. Um, same on Anthony, my partner's side. In work, in work, and in, in his friends, you know the different people that have reached out to me, and I give my number out just to talk about because no one knew anyone about anything about it. Whereas I would have loved that probably at the start when I went through the process. So definitely, I think the campaign is great to create awareness and get people talking about it again and more openly. Um, it definitely helps. Is the starting point, Graham, for this? It's the AMH blood test, and then you're looking at the the egg freezing route. Um, not necessarily. I mean, the, the AMH test is, is probably the simplest and most straightforward thing to start off with. Um, it's, a, it's a simple blood test. Um, it can be done at any time in the cycle, so it, it can be done in any day of the week. Um, so, um, And it gives you an idea of, of the ovarian reserve. And what that means is how many eggs you're likely to have. And there's a kind of a, a profile of kind of what uh, per age group of a, of a female, how many kind of eggs you should have and what your AMH should be. So it lets you know whether you're you know, above average, below average, or or in that curve that you, where you want to be, and it's when it's low that's when you know other options are potentially need to be talked about. Um, 
But again, it's it's not an indicator of egg quality. It's an indicator of egg number. So what, the, the reason to freeze eggs then is to give yourself a bit of an insurance policy. Freeze them um, uh, when you're younger, um, just in case you need them. But the vast majority of eggs that are frozen are never actually thawed out. Um, probably um, in the States where they've been doing this longer than anywhere else, probably only about um, 20 to 30% of the eggs that are ever frozen are ever thawed. So, so women don't necessarily need to use these eggs. It's just a bit of an insurance policy. But freezing eggs might not be the right option for for, for you um, as part of the testing packages that we offer um, they include a, a consultation with one of our fertility specialists and they would discuss that individually with each patient um, as to for what the best option is for them. There's an inter- there's quite a few emails in but but there's one um, I just was quite interested in here this afternoon and, and just bear with me for a moment because I, I do just want to read this out. This listener says um, over the last couple of years there's been a vast increase in the discussions around IVF which is fantastic but from my perspective a lot of these conversations are are about the process itself, the cost both financially and emotionally and options for when it doesn't go to plan. When I personally was going through ICSI, I trawled any groups, articles, podcasts I could find with regards to our own situation. A lot of the spokespeople were ladies who went through the arduous process but ultimately ended up with a baby whether that be through donor eggs or not. Very little is discussed though about couples where IVF doesn't work who were told that their only option is donor, but don't want to go down this route. This was us. After many years of trying to conceive, going to four clinics, two specialist research hospitals overseas, we ended up being told donor was our only route. We decided not to go down this path, and for us, it ended up being the best decision that we could make. My life was on hold for more than four years, and now looking back, I was suffering with both depression and anxiety throughout it all. But now, at the other side, we're so happy. We have a lovely life. It's a different life than I ever envisaged in my 20s, but it's fantastic. And to be honest, I wouldn't change it for anything. I just want other ladies to know that life doesn't end if they get the same news that we did. There's lots of roads for people and believe me, you can get uh, and you can also have a very happy, fulfilled, adventurous, calm and love, love filled life. Uh, you will not be any lesser. That's an important point, Graham, as well, because, you know, I know we're Absolutely. talking to Nicole and Surika today, but everybody's journey doesn't might be the same journey, but it's not always the, the same destination. Oh, 100%. And I mean, the, the, what we strive to do in SIMS is, you know, you know, obviously we, we, we hope that everybody ends up with the, the outcome that they want, which is a, a healthy baby. Um, but what we want to do is make sure that the patients where that isn't what happens with the patients that, that don't reach that point or, you know, where they don't go for the donor, um, like you're, you're the person who emailed in there, um, that they can look back and go, we've done what was right for us. We've done, uh, we've been supported by the clinics throughout that, that journey um, and we, we're, we're ready to move on to the next phase of, of, our, of, our, of our lives. Um, and sometimes that, that is without that success and mm-hmm. without that baby there. Um, but what we're hoping to do is, is, is help patients um, who make that decision to move on um, to, to, to let them feel that they have done the, the, the best that they can and that, that, um, that, that, that that's okay, that, that they're right to, to move on to, to, these, to the next phase of their mm. lives um, and, and that, that's, that's potentially... Yeah. No, you know, it's absolutely, it's a point definitely worth, worth making, no doubt about it. And it's not the only email uh, in that vein either. Listen, Graham Cool, Scientific Director for Sims IVF, Surika and Nicole as well. Thanks a million to you both for sharing your story. Lunchtime live at Newstalk.com is the email address... Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.